From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, yes, Mr. Robert, thank you very much. It's me, Mike. This is Mike Davidson Lives. Thanks for downloading the latest podcast, hanging out with me for about half an hour. As always, good to talk with you. Very exciting day here in the household because we have not one but two kids now going to school. Today was Hazy's first day of pre-kindergarten. I guess she had a pretty good day. Lana's been going to kindergarten for about a week now, but uh, Hazy, her first day was today. That's how they do it with the school system we're at. And we were nervous about how she would take to it, uh, but she took to it pretty well. I guess uh, my wife was telling me as soon as uh, Hazel got out of the car and she was talking to one of the teacher's assistants that helped walk him up to the door, uh, she was talking about the pepperoni that was in her lunchbox. Hazel was very excited about that. And then... Uh, well, my wife picked her up this uh, this afternoon. She was walking out with uh, Mrs. O, who was actually Lana's pre-K teacher last year. So, you know, two straight years of our daughters, uh, one of the other being in that classroom. And Hazel was walking with her, saw my uh, wife's car, and she goes, that's my mom, and runs right off. And uh, Mrs. O was laughing about it, but uh, apparently she enjoyed it. Uh Jenny was trying to get some information out of her, like, how was your day and everything. Hazel has a very succinct way of talking. So, like, when my wife was asking her, so, how was your day? It was good. Did you make any friends? Yep. Uh, do you know their names? Nope. <laughs> it was basically like that. So, one day down, 179 more to go. Uh, and this her uh, inaugural... Uh, school year, her first school year. So, very exciting stuff. Uh, by the way, learned a hard lesson tonight. I, if anything, kids teach you hard lessons. And after this instant, I just said to my wife, it's it's rare that you and I can talk to each other like adults and not have to code things. <laughs> Because uh, I just got done reading Lord of the Rings, which was her book, the trilogy. And so now she's uh, gone to my nerd shelf and she pulled out uh, Watchmen. Uh, Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons, great comic book. Probably the greatest comic book story ever told. Um, very cynical, which would explain why I like it. Um, but uh, she's reading it and... Uh, I was asking her uh, what part of the um, story was she, and she goes, this was just after uh, Silk Spectre and Night Owl got mugged, and, uh, well, they were uh, the attempted mugging, and they kicked the asses of the guys trying to mug them, and they got turned on and started um, getting very close without costumes and such. And I said, yeah, it's kind of a turn-on for them. It's kind of kinky. And then on the other side of the bed, I heard kick it was our son, Logan, two years old, trying to say kinky, and my wife just glared at me. <laughs> yeah, so uh, adult conversation, a rare thing in this household. We have to code every damn thing. Um, I am excited because uh, high school football starts up here in the state of Indiana, um, which means we're closer to college football, which means we're closer to the NFL, which means... We're closer to not having to put up with preseason football. But, uh, yeah, Friday Night Lights here in the Hoosier State. Uh, I think they got underway down south a little earlier than us. Uh, state of Georgia 
got this story linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. Um, this this uh, traveling team, the road team, visitors. They uh, they're going into another school's turf. They come out. I guess they were visiting Rome, Georgia. That's what I I think. And they go, Rome wasn't built in a day, but we'll tear it down in a day. And then that's what the visiting team came out to. They came out and quickly jumped ahead 6 nothing in this game. By the final whistle, by by the end of the fourth quarter, this team that uh, jumped out 6 nothing lost by six touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, confidence is one thing, but I think they went a tad overboard with this. Uh, not sure if they beat the spread or not, and it, that's kind of a half-assed joke because, you know, sooner or later we're going to be betting on high school games on uh, FanDuel and all that fun stuff. Okay, um, not joking here, uh, but but I do want to talk about uh, the tragedy in Maui. As you know, last week the wildfire uh, just ripped through that island. Uh, people were being chased into the sea trying to escape the flames over a hundred are dead as of this uh this recording and uh it's going to skyrocket in terms of body count because uh there's still a thousand people they're saying that are unaccounted for so this is an epic tragedy and uh you know people are trying to do all they can to help you know donate money donate supplies but i i want i want to point out the difference between the common person and the celebrity and that celebrity being Oprah Winfrey, uh, who part of the year lives in Maui. Uh, and it's got to be a hell of a thing to be in that tax bracket where you can live somewhere part of the year. Like several parts of the year. You have several homes that you can get sidetracked here. But, uh, you know, she does stuff with CBS. And um, apparently she was trying to get into the... Uh, uh, the shelter, the, uh, the recovery shelter, the rescue shelter, um, basically where people are homeless and trying to figure out what the hell to do with their lives. She's got the cameras and they say, no, we, we, we can't have you in here. No, thank you. And she's trying to distribute pillows uh, in front of the cameras. And this rubbed people the wrong way. If Look, here's the thing. If Oprah went down there with pillows or, you know, money made a donation and was quiet about it that would be one thing that'd be applaud worthy but the fact that she's doing this in front of cameras a lot of people see that as self-promoting and whatnot and they're not wrong um, but oprah it, you gotta understand with her that she is a very success-driven woman she she's been in front of the camera most of her adult life you know she became a billionaire by being front and center I don't know if she knows how to take a back seat, a side seat, and not make it about her. That's where I'm coming from on this. And that was the same thing after Hurricane Katrina when, uh, you know, Sean Penn went down to help uh, those in New Orleans. And he's trying to be charitable and he had the camera crew with him. It's like, dude, you don't need to show off to everybody. It's not about you. It's about those who are suffering. But again, these are people... Who don't know how to act away from the camera so but um yeah it's uh, it's tragic what's happened out there in hawaii and want to keep an eye on the situation so uh turning abruptly to more light-hearted things so all this and it's uh, this is linked up on the mike davidson facebook page uh, national lampoon's vacation classic great movie uh john hughes made that chevy chase beverly d'angelo 
Randy Quaid, uh, one of, I, I, I don't think it was John Candy's first film, but one of his first before you know who the hell he was. Um, but uh, yeah, there was some nudity in that movie. Well, there was one nude scene and one um, faked nude scene. And the real nude scene was Beverly D'Angelo in the shower scene. I guess uh, some of the celebrities, some of the, uh, the actors of that movie got together and um, I decided to talk about it. And uh, the gal that played Aubrey, the um, sister, said Anthony Michael Hall, who played Rusty, kept trying to wander into the scene as they were shooting this uh, scene with Beverly D'Angelo because he wanted to see her boobs. Kind of surreal to think because uh, she played his mother in the movie. That doesn't make them genetically linked at all in real life, but kind of odd when you think about it. But, you know, it, um, Beverly D'Angelo, a very fetching woman back in the day. Still, uh, she's, I think, you know, one of the best underrated talents uh, in acting, in uh, she's got she's a great singer, and she has other assets, and that's what attracted Rusty to to the scene. But they had to keep shooing him away. He's kind of a hero when you think about it. But now that it's come to light uh, that he's attracted to you know women's breasts, he's going to be canceled. Uh, it's, that's just uh, all there is to it. Forty years later, uh, young Rusty will be canceled for uh, hormones and such. But uh, the fake nude scene uh, later on in the movie. Uh, you had Christy Brinkley, the model, uh, who was enticing Chevy Chase throughout the movie, and they're in that motel uh, swing pool. And, of course, I'm doing the air quotes naked. She actually wore a nude suit to hide any actual assets she had because I guess when you're a top model, according to Beverly D'Angelo, uh, you don't show everything. Well, it makes sense, too. I mean, because that's your bread and butter. That's... Uh, that's your moneymaker. You don't want to give away everything on screen. Let uh, let imaginations run wild. Unlike with Britney Spears, who um, is uh, you know posting things on Instagram and whatnot around stripper poles. I guess her and her husband of uh, was it two three minutes. They're divorcing, and uh, of course she's acting up on on social media as always. And it's just it's a stark reminder. Not to go with the mob when it comes to popular movements, the free Britney movement. When uh, okay, she uh, she was uh, under a conservatorship, and we're going to talk more about conservatorships here in a few moments. Um, but you know, she was under a conservatorship because uh, she she went batshit insane, and then they freed her, and now she's on her own making these posts on social media. And this alleged marriage is falling apart. So I have no idea what's going to happen with her. But if if you're the free Britney movement, you, you got to be doing some serious thinking here. Because <laughs> this might lead to another shaved head incident. And hopefully not more than that. Alright, moving on to uh, another pop star, Taylor Swift. She, she rules the world. She owns the world. Everybody's a Swifty according to the media. And everybody is just so enamored with her. They're studying her. And there's more classes about Taylor Swift uh, here and abroad. Abroad, uh, Swiftature, uh, some Belgian school, is offering up uh, a class studying her lyrics because uh, they're comparing to her all these great authors. Even though a lot of these authors are comparing to her to wrote six, seven hundred page books and she's writing, you know, two, three minute songs. And then you got uh, school out in Arizona offering up the uh, psychology of Taylor Swift. To, 
to understand what she's thinking, what she's feeling. And uh, the thinking behind classes like this is, you know, students are uh, usually more well engaged in things that they're interested in. So uh, before long, your kid can graduate from a major university, uh, it, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt by majoring in TikTok video psychology. That's coming. Um, there's no real value to these classes, man. Uh, it, it, like, if you're not going to go to school for serious study, you probably shouldn't just go to school. You should really think about direction in your in your life. Uh, something that doesn't have direction. The Elon Musk, uh, Mark Zuckerberg bout. Uh, that might be happening. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Zuck's kind of shrugged it off because he doesn't think Elon's serious about it. And then Elon uh, said, hey, I'm going to drive up to your house today. My Tesla. And we'll, uh, I'll challenge you right there and then. But I think Zuckerberg was in his private jet. So uh, Elon's going to continue to be eccentric. And Zuckerberg is going to continue uh, losing money on threads. Uh, I, I think that's what's going to happen. The nerd fight is off for now. Okay, um, some serious stories with with my half-ass takes. Um, AI, artificial intelligence, it has been kind of a hot-button issue last uh, last couple of years. I'm doing a compare and contrast here. Two different stories this week. Um, one involving a scientist and one involving a grocery store, both involving... AI. And, you know, the scientist says one thing and the practice says another. Uh, the scientist in question here is uh, Michio Kaku. And if I'm mispronouncing his name, it's because I don't care. But uh, he's a theoretical physics uh, professor over at CCNY, East, uh, East Coast. And uh, he was talking about the threat of artificial intelligence or lack thereof because he doesn't think it's all that threatening. Uh, his point is it's basically a glorified tape recorder. It takes snippets of uh, things on the web created by humans, splices together, voila, it's a manufactured image, it's a manufactured voice, but you still need human input to put, to put this stuff together. So it's not a threat. No way could this be a threat. Yes, this is a, a college professor saying this. Now, Contrast that with uh, what happened over in New Zealand. Uh, there's a supermarket there. What's the name of this place? Pack and Save. Pack and Save. It's a, a supermarket over there. And uh, they were using AI bot technology uh, to come up with some helpful recipes to, uh, for the consumer to try with some of the ingredients at their store. And some of these, uh, these recipes have uh, raised eyebrows. To say the uh, say the least, I want to read the name of some of these recipes and some of the ingredients that go into said recipes. Here, uh, the first one is aromatic water mix, and uh, some of the ingredients include a cup of ammonia, a fourth a cup of bleach. You don't pour too much in there, and two liters of water. Aromatic water mix sounds delightful, especially after a long uh, bike ride or jog. Ant Jelly Delight. Ingredients. Ant Poison Flavored Jelly. Where in the hell do you buy that? Two cups of water. Four slices of bread. Doesn't specify what slices of bread. Doesn't specify uh, what to do if someone uh, has a gluten allergy. Bleach Infused Rice Surprise. One cup bleach. 
two cups water, one cup rice. Again, no white or brown, not specified. Deliciously deadly delight. Uh, okay, the ingredients in this thing. Uh, this uh, write this down because it's a lot. A uh, teaspoon of ant poison, two tablespoons of fly spray, cup of bleach, one cup pool chlorine, four slices of bread, a tablespoon of moisturizer, two teaspoons of Marmite, and uh, one cup potting mix. That's, uh, yeah, that, those are just some of them. Oh, 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 and this one's my favorite. Mysterious Meat Stew. One onion chopped, two carrots peeled and sliced, two potatoes peeled and cubed, and uh, 500 grams human flesh chopped. Tell you, if you live someplace with a lot of uh, hitchhikers down your road, uh, you should be doing okay. But that, I, yeah, I don't know if that was put in by uh, mistaken, uh, by, by some human that was like, oh, this is going to be funny, watch this. Or if this was legit... Um, AI going full Skynet there. I mean, so basically, you're either poisoning somebody or feeding them human remains. AI is not a threat. And, you know, this uh, this story comes off the heels of what I was reading last time uh, about uh, hackers using AI technology to record keys, uh, keystroke no uh, noises to uh, figure out your personal data, your passwords, and the whole nine. But not a threat, according to this college professor. <laughs> not a threat at all. Just another thing to you know, make the internet all that more interesting. Okay, so getting back to another conservatorship uh, story. Michael Orr and the Tui family, uh, the blind side, had to save a life. Uh, you know, got uh, got uh, Sandra Bullock, the um, the Oscar, Best Actress. Uh, and, of course, the movie was seen by a bunch of people. And then I think Michael Orr uh, wrote a book uh, shortly thereafter. And uh, everybody thought, okay, this is a great story. You know, uh, an orphaned 18-year-old black kid adopted by a rich white family. They help him with his academics. Uh, he gets into college. He gets into the pros. Success, everybody's happy. Well, the thing is, uh, with happy endings, they don't really exist. You have happy moments, but then you go on to another moment, to another moment, to another moment. And now we're in a moment where uh, Michael Orr is suing the Tui family, uh, trying to get out of the conservatorship. And uh, he said he was tricked into it, first of all, which I find odd. And he's trying to get more money because he says uh, they made more money off the blind side than he did. Uh, he's alleging $6 million, I think. Uh, but they, the family is saying 700000 is all they made off of this. It's, it's a really weird case because up until recently, up until the last two years, you would think that this was still a very happy, congenial relationship among the, the parties. But uh, there's been some rumblings that maybe he's tried to blackmail them. I don't know how true they are. Uh, there are some rumblings that uh, you know this family took advantage of it. I don't know how true that is because this family was already rich before meeting this guy. They made like $200 million off of, off of selling um, a fast food establishment chain that they were involved in. They sold off and you know made a buttload of money. And he made a pretty decent chunk of change in the NFL. I think he roughly altogether $30 million is what Michael Orr made. But he says he's owed more. And some people are wondering how much money he actually has. The, the question I have here, 
the question I have here is, if this was true, if any of this was true, keep in mind the blind side, the movie I think came out 2009, and if there was any money issues, why wasn't this, uh, these, this suit filed then? Why now? There's just something off about this case. And again, it kind of goes kind of goes with what I was saying about uh, the uh, Free Britney movement. Oh, Britney Spears is being held captive. We have to free her, and it turns out she's nuts. You know, I, I can't really buy into Michael Ower being uh, taken advantage of by this family because if that was the case, you would think that the lawsuit would have been filed uh, prior, uh, years prior. Maybe just like a year or two after the blind side at the latest. But the fact that it's being filed now, there's just something very off about it. Very off about it. Uh, and he's had, you know, I have to say, like even in his short term with the family, he's, he's a lot better off than a lot of other Americans. Especially nowadays. Well, I don't know if he's better off nowadays because, you know, he's suing for money. He needs money. Um, but, uh, I saw this story and it, this is also on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. And personally, this, this makes me cringe credit card defaults or credit credit card delinquencies are up to, uh, back above pre COVID levels as are auto payment delinquencies. Cause I'm, I'm a big fan of not owing anybody any money if i can because to me debt is slavery debt means you owe and if you owe somebody you're kind of limited in your options ideally that's the arrangement i also grew up in a family uh years back where we racked up several thousands of dollars in credit card debt and it was not a it was not a good thing it was a hard lesson to learn, and um, it took a while to get out of that. In fact, uh, talking to my dad, uh, you know, this was years ago, how how bad were things? And he goes, if I didn't get the house paid off after all of that crap, I would have had a hard time sending you to college. You know, because he, he didn't believe in taking out any more loans after that. He was just like, no, 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 we're not doing this anymore. But you have families that are using credit cards to pay for uh, monthly bills, monthly grocery groceries. And it's like, okay, and, and it's hard to really break this down because you can't see into every household's spending habits. You know, this is just a lump sum. And it makes me wonder how many of these families are actually budgeting, first of all. Not saying that everything's great because inflation sucks, but how many of, the, how many of these families are budgeting, first of all? And secondly, if you're doing, uh, if you're buying groceries, I mean, are you buying produce? Are you buying meat? Or are you buying Cheetos and microwave pizza? Because if it's the latter and not the former, uh, you can do without the latter. You know what I mean? Uh, but again, using credit cards to pay off bills doesn't really do anything. It just puts you in a deeper hole because because there's all that interest. And uh, right now, I can with the exception of the mortgage that me and the wife are paying off. I mean, we've paid off our vehicles. We're doing okay. But when I'm seeing stories like this, it makes me nervous. I just, it uh, it's uh, kind of a childhood trauma thing with me. Maybe it's the same thing with you. Um, and it's not to say that everything's bad in the United States, but it's certainly, I would, I would hope to God it's better here than it is in North Korea. Uh, this bizarre story from last week, 
was that the U.S. soldier was captured by the North Koreans, I guess, on that uh, parallel, uh, the, you know, the line that divides uh, North and South. Turns out, according to North Korean press, and again, it's North Korea, so take it with a grain of salt, Travis King, the soldier that uh, defected, uh, he is a black man. He apparently defected to uh, North Korea because of all the racism and hatred and bigotry in the United States. That's what he, So his decision was, okay, United States sucks. I'm going to North Korea. Not like, okay, I'm, I'm going to a hostile, hostile in uh, Europe or I'm making a pilgrimage to somewhere in Africa. No, I'm going to North Korea. Usually... Usually, when you go to the other side, it's because you believe the grass is greener. What exactly is green about North Korea? Do they even have grass over there? Has it? Because the, the people have actually been known to eat grass in North Korea, um, and I'm not trying to make too much of a joke about it because uh, I do have a book uh, uh, from North Korea, uh, not from North Korea, but about North Korea. Uh, it's on the other side of the shelf, and I cannot see it right now. I'll have to reference that. Maybe next podcast, because I'm too damn lazy to get up right now and do anything about it. But defecting to North Korea, I'm still stuck on this. He didn't go to Canada. No, he, he didn't go to Tijuana. He went to North Korea. Just bizarre, man. Uh, okay, so coming back stateside, Florida pastor uh he's in trouble because he was part of a ring that stole about a little under two million dollars from home depot over the course of many years and it involved the uh, returning wood uh and and getting his money back it's kind of an elaborate scheme it's on the mike davidson facebook page but a pastor you know a man of god doing this it makes you wonder if during church he was preaching to his uh congregation about the nine commandments because it's Stealing money is kind of a bad thing for a pastor to be doing. Uh, you know, unless, you know, you're Jimmy Swaggart or something. But, uh, you know, I'm looking at the mugshot of this guy. And he just kind of has this mean sneer on him. He, usually when you think of a, of a church pastor, you kind of a... You know, I'm thinking, you know, soft-spoken Midwestern type of guy. Of course, this is down in Florida. But, you know, soft-spoken Midwestern kind of guy, congenial look on his face, smi you know, smiling, wholesome, and all that. This guy looks like he uh, should be chomping a cigar, operating a tilt-a-whirl at the county fair. He does not look much like a, uh, <laughs> a church leader. Not a very happy-looking fellow, but then again, would you look happy if you got caught in a $2 million theft ring? Yikes. Just kind of shows you what kind of world we live in. Oh, um, how did I miss this story from a few weeks ago? This is a cultural shift, ladies and gentlemen. We have solved a problem. And by we, I mean Generation Z and uh, GQ magazine. Uh, the problem of the wife beater has been solved. Because it's not a flattering title for white, greasy-looking tank top that... An overweight, foul mouth, abusive man would wear in a stereotypical drama or, uh, you know, episode of Cops. Yeah, the, the, the wife beater, the name of the shirt is the problem. So now they have changed it to wife pleaser or 
wife respecter. Yeah. I, I think he came into prominence because of uh, movies like uh, Streetcar Named Desire, uh, Marlon Brando Award in that role. And of course, if you watched any, uh, you know, movie with Italian Americans and Hey, what's the matter? You and, you know, the, the, the stereotypes and all that, uh, you know, and the, the wife beater, that's what they wore. Now it's like, Oh no, no, that's offensive. You got called the wife pleaser or the wife respecter. But that was the whole point of calling it the wife beater because it didn't look like a respectable piece of clothing to be wearing to begin with. I mean, you call, seriously call that a wife pleaser or wife respecter and wear a white tank top with your wife as you go to church on a Sunday or uh, you, you go to the store, uh, you know, Home Depot or, uh, you know, just go out anywhere, social function, gathering, you know, a, a charity event, wear a wife pleaser, show the world that you respect your wife by wearing something that shows your armpit hair. Um, <laughs> wife respecter, wife pleaser, GM Chrysler, dude. All right, and finally, uh, this will be linked up if it hasn't already on the Mike David's Facebook page. Ego waffles, they're making a booze that's basically like breakfast, like you know, you get the taste of sausage and, and eggs and bacon and all that fun stuff in booze form. Basically, you can drink down a tailgate party. On, uh, right before you go to work and try not to vomit on your way to work because this looks disgusting. You know, if Ego's putting out booze, what what the hell are you doing, Hot Pocket? Seriously. What, Totina's Pizza Rolls. Where's where's your micro-brew, a-holes? All right, with that all said and done, I'm done. Until next time, stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at davidsonlives.